You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the Elsers. Hello and welcome to Elsers, a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague and joining me is Corey Scott, my inimitable co-host. And for all info on this show, including our show notes, subscription links, you can go to elsners.com. And for the other great Galactic Netcast pro- or Network programs, you can go to gncast.com. And as a warning, we will spoil stuff and we will swear this is your first and only, well, we'll probably warn you again later, about these. You have been warned. Corey, how you feeling? How you doing, sir? It's been a while. Uh, the other warning is that some of us may die during the production of the show. <laughs> Um, who could it be? Hot <clears throat> uh, on the fat man. But yeah, that's who right. Could exactly. it be <laughs> exactly? Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for holding everything together so well while I was gone. I got to hear uh, the episode you guys recorded with Brad on my plane trip back. I think no, maybe I listened to it this week. Uh, yeah, because you were recording while it was while I was flying out. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was a long journey of uh, of of great interesting Michigan weather, and then getting yeah. back to California and oh. getting immediately sick again. Uh, so good times, good times all around. Wait, okay, so you were here during the freaky, like the epic windstorms after- that knocked out power for a bunch of okay, people yeah. in the state for about five days. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. That, but then like two weeks before where we had the spring, I am i wasn't bringing my coat to work weather. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I arrived and it was, it might have been raining on my drive from the airport to my parents' house. And then we had thunderstorms the next day. Then we had snow. Then it was nice for a couple of days. Then yeah. we had a uh, full on blizzard again. And um, it just... <laughs> It it just tried to run run the whole gamut of of everything that like Michigan weather does, yeah. and uh, and while I was there, apparently there was hail going on out here for a couple of days. But then I came back, and it's been about seventy degrees on up for most of the days since. But I guess it's supposed Son to start raining again next week. Son of a bitch! It, uh, but- California's had one weird year, man. <laughs> But no, yeah, it was actually cool to hear, you know, cool to see that you're over here. Um, a little bit bummed, but understandable that we didn't get a chance to meet up. Maybe next time. Um, and all that. But yeah, I mean, it's... Things are cool. I mean, and weird that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got that TV that you didn't you didn't see um, for my tax return money. Because it got held back. Bastards. Bastards at the bank or at the government holding back my money. <laughs> but yeah so let's just jump right into the news stories here um shall we our first news story is that there's a reboot happening hey surprise surprise um what is what could be surprising you is that it's the matrix um the matrix is getting a reboot um in the works over at warner brothers and we're not exactly sure what will happen on the project but it's in early development um over at warner brothers and right now uh zach penn who you pointed out he is doing um he is doing the reboot for or writing sorry uh ready player one he's written 
um, for Marvel, including the Avengers. Um, and he wrote sci-fi superpowered show uh, Alphas, and he's done uh, what X Men: The Last Stand, X Men Two, and X Men: The Last. X-Men The Last Stand, Elektra, the Inspector Gadget movie, PCU, which was a movie that I really liked in the early 90s, which may be why he got some in with the the Marvel crowd, because uh, PCU had John Favreau was one of the people in it. Yeah. Uh, Looks like his first screenwriting credit is listed as Last Action Hero, which uh, Beat and I... Uh, both admitted that we like way more than anybody possibly should. Uh, he's it, it's kind of like he's got some stuff on there that's at least enjoyable to to somewhat great. I, writing is always one of those things that you do the best story that you can, and then the execution may be something different uh, depending on how it lands up there. You can't say that X Men Two wasn't a great X Men movie that uh, met or exceed or exceeded expectations at the time that it came out. Uh, but then X-Men The Last Stand was a horrible piece of shit. But if it's the same guy writing both of them, there's obviously there's some other factor that comes into place that yeah. causes one to be great and the other one to be awful. Uh, so <clears throat> the question is, is does this guy have well, the ability to do a Matrix movie? And why are we doing Matrix movies at this point? Yeah, and... The other part that interests me, the what interests me more than, you know, Zach Penn writing this is, this article right now says that the Wachowskis, um, who wrote and directed the original and the two sequels, are not involved in any nature, um, for this reboot. As uh, not involved, right not involved yet, and yeah, and that yes. doesn't mean that they wouldn't necessarily become involved, but it may also be that they would prefer not to be. Uh, they they did their Matrix films, and it may also be that the the Matrix is something that is an owned property by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers doesn't have to involve them. Uh, just like, I guess, uh, Fox can do Buffy the Vampire Slayer without Joss Whedon, but why the fuck would they? Uh, why would why would they do anything without the the people who really created these things? <sighs> I'm still kind point. of of the mind of, of the Matrix was a fantastic movie, especially of its time. And then uh, no sequels were ever made ever. But um, but obviously they did. And the sequels were were very successful. It, it, it's not necessarily as far as the fans are concerned, but as far as money that they made, they, they did very well. Uh, Beats pointing out that the uh, the Animatrix stories were were better. I I like the Animatrix a lot, yep. but it's still like, what are we gonna get from doing another Matrix? It's, it's it's twenty years old by the time that it would get made at this point. It's not even twenty years old yet. Um, but I expect by the time that it would get together and come out and everything, a lot of the things that were in the Matrix that were so brand new to us then like bullet time and the idea of living in a virtual reality thing and seeing that played out on the screen and downloading skills into your brain and all that stuff. While yes, there are certain people who, who run giant tech conglomerates now 
uh, may think that that's actually happening to us. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get the benefits of seeing it in a movie and enjoy it in the same way the first time again, like we did then. The Matrix, when it came out, was mind blowing. Yeah, you know the effects were were a huge jump. The ideas that it presented were original. It was pitched to kind of like be the we want to make a superhero movie. This is the origin for our superhero. Um, but we've now had superhero movies that are based off of comic books. Uh, you could argue The Matrix is actually uh, Grant Morrison's Invisibles. A lot of people do argue that. <clears throat> I just I don't know what we would get out of doing a remake. It, it, it's and I'm, I know I, I piss on remakes a lot. I, I piss on there's no original ideas anymore a lot. It, it bums me out. That that's something that it just keeps being the, the first step. It's like, oh, we, we have this property. Let's let's put it out there again and see what happens. The same day that this was uh, basically leaked, they were also talking about a remake of The Fly, which itself was a remake. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're talking about remaking the Jeff Goldblum version. And I, I'm just kind of I'm tired of that personally, but it's not even that. It's just the Matrix world. Yes, if you go through the storyline, the thing just keeps repeating. That's what they give you in the second one. But if it keeps repeating, then you want to fucking see Neo and you want to see Trinity and you want to see Morpheus. You want to see these characters who all had their journeys already. Um, this is where, and I should I should point out that some of the other things right now is that Michael B. Jordan is attached to be involved, you know, is starring in the movie. Um, and I would almost say that I would rather they not reboot the the series, but have it in the same universe almost like um you, you know like like re uh, relaunching the series without having to be like okay here's here's our universe you know like like whether it be a prequel and we get young morpheus which i don't really like prequels that much because we know the ending ultimately yeah it becomes do this uh whatever that walking dead prequel series is it, it's the same yeah, fear, idea it, it, like, it becomes fear the walking dead it becomes you know star wars episodes one two and three and stuff like that or i mean arguably it's star wars rogue one which is a prequel but did something different so it's yeah. it's possible it's absolutely possible it it Rogue One is a prequel that is not about the same characters for the most part. They, they, there's appearances and it ties in, but it, it sort of zigzags out of of what we had expectations of from Star Wars already. Um, yeah. And that's something that they could do with this. I just... I'm not jumping up and down to get back into that world. Because the cool stuff of The Matrix was the stuff that happened inside The Matrix. Mm -hmm. And when they started focusing more outside of the matrix, I think is when it became dull and like, just it, it lost the excitement for me. It's like one, yeah. I don't need to see a 20 minute orgy scene uh, with club music playing, but, but two, it's just like all the stuff that happened when they were hanging out in the ship was just them hanging out in the ship. 
until like the guys pulling their their plugs and stuff. But it's still all related to the Matrix. And the first one, it was about what they could do in the Matrix. And then, yeah, they got attacked outside of it by the machines and stuff. And they had to use the EMP. And that was that was fine. But the more time they spent away from inside where they could do things, where they had the powers and the bullet time and the vehicles and the weapons and all that stuff, it it just wasn't nearly as cool. Like even with with mech suits and stuff that they had and and robots kind of like swarming into the the land, it it just wasn't as appealing to me as seeing all the kung fu shit going on with Neo and Agent Smith and everything else. And so, yeah. but those things are what we have an expectation of of the Matrix from now. And those are things that we see in other superhero films and other action films uh, to a heavy degree. You can't say there's not Matrix style stunts going on in the Fast and the Furious franchise at this point. What is really going to make us want to go back into that setting again? That is going to one require it to be the Matrix so that it sells us on the fact that, okay, this is a connected world but then also excites us like something brand new and interesting as opposed to the same thing done over again. Like I was already done with bullet time by the time I was seeing stuff like uh, Christian Bale in equilibrium doing the Gunkata stuff that I thought was like, people were saying, Oh, this is like the new matrix, uh, which it wasn't anything like the matrix at all, but it was taking some of the kinds of concepts and movements and ideas and applying them to something else in a more interesting way than everybody just like, bending over backwards and shit and ducking bullets not definitely um i'll be i'll be really interested to hear how this develops what it will really be because i think that will determine in my opinion its success or its failure um but we should probably move on to our next story and that is about a comic book tv show that involves the russos um yeah uh, the Russo brothers uh, will be producing a Quantum and Woody TV series after Avengers in, excuse me, Infinity War. Um, for those of you guys who do not know who the Russo brothers are and you do not watch movies, they worked on uh, Community. Um, they've done other things that I do not, I cannot think of right now because I'm going off the top of my head, but they worked on, in, in movies, they worked on, you know, Avengers Infinity War, which is coming up. Uh, next year, um, they did Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, and their next project after Infinity War is actually going to be um, this Quantum and Woody uh, TV series with Valiant Entertainment about the world's worst super duo. Do you know about Quantum and Woody? Yeah, I I was more into Quantum and Woody with the original version from Valiant from years ago that uh, Christopher Priest was the writer on. Uh, and I think uh, MD Bright. Yeah, it says it in the notes. MD Bright was the artist for uh, Quantum and Woody is the it's it's like a, a buddy action type thing. It's these two guys. They only have powers when they are uh, connected to each other, basically by holding hands. But they are totally at odds with one another. Like one of them is a very serious, you know, cool would be the badass superhero. And the other guy is kind of like the, the fuck around. And 
they I remember them hanging out with a goat. It was just like weird, funny <laughs> shit. Um, you gotta love priest writing. Priest is excellent stuff. It it seems like a really fun thing to do, and it could make a good series. And I've been watching things like I mentioned not too long ago that happened Leonard series that I was watching. Uh, I watched Terriers a little while before that. Reviewed that on here. I like that that sort of buddy like bickering back and forth. Lethal Weapon is a great example of that. Uh, any of the Shane Black stuff that he's done, be it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or The Nice Guys, would also lend itself to kind of the ideas that you would get here uh, with these characters. That all sounds like a lot of fun. Adding in the superhero stuff means that you get a way to amp up the action instead of having it be typical to the other stuff that you're seeing on TV right now. It, it depends, I guess, on where it's going to land. It depends also on how big their involvement is going to be because they are pretty sought after in, in Hollywood right now by doing Winter Soldier and then Civil War and now taking over Marvel's biggest franchise with the Avengers films, the next two. So it's kind of a big deal that they're willing to do anything with television at this point at all. Although yeah. Abrams does. J.J. Abrams continues to develop stuff for TV while he's doing other films, big films like, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars and shit. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm also intrigued because Valiant's pushing more to get stuff out there too. They're, they're the, the next superhero universe. That's, that's probably going to come into play. Uh, Cause there's not a lot of superhero universe. There's other comic book stuff that could make it to films, but, as far as superheroes goes, it's been Marvel and DC, and now Valiant is finally going to do some stuff too. And yeah, and that's probably the smart thing with that, though, because you know Valiant—they had talked about this before. Like they got the Ninjak in development. I think that's going to be a movie, but it's not like they're going strictly the the Marvel Cinematic Universe route and getting stuff set up there and then trickling down to TV. It's almost where do we see these characters fitting in best so it's like you know whether it be you know archer and armstrong it's like oh well, i think that one could probably be more of a like the ideas we're getting are more movie based than tv show or you know and quantum and woody well we got a whole bunch of ideas and instead of you know dragging them out you know in you know in like movies that go over the course of like five ten years we'll do it on a tv uh, tv show and, and all that and that makes sense to me that honestly makes the most sense yeah and and nothing nothing i think has been said about whether or not the valiant universe stuff is going to be interconnected in the way that uh, marvel is so far or that dc said that they weren't but then all their films are it's just their tv stuff that isn't um but then their tv stuff most of it seems to interact with each other at this point uh, and and Valiant is lucky because most of their properties, while they've laid it out and they could have them interact with each other, and they, they do on occasion, they don't rely on each other. Uh, it's not like all the superheroes hanging out in New York for some buttfuck reason. It's not, um, oh, well, half of these characters are mutants, 
uh, but we sold mutants to this other production company, and half of these characters are are related to the Fantastic Four, and 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 oh, they're also with those mutants over that company. We can't use any of them. <laughs> uh, and then this guy in the spider suit, uh, he he belongs to Sony. And uh, and Universal has the rights of distribution for the Hulk. Valiant doesn't have any of that shit to deal with. Uh, so if they want to have the things interrelate, they can, but they don't have to. And there's not an expectation. Like you have an expectation, whether it's been done or not, of, well, I see Spider-Man, but why don't I see Spider-Man hanging out with the X-Men? And why don't I see the Fantastic Four hanging out with with the Avengers. Why isn't that happening? Because they're all Marvel characters. I don't think the audience is going to have that kind of um, like implied hope of seeing Archer and Armstrong show up on Quantum and Woody and then have them show up in Ninjack and then have them show up with Bloodshot. I, I don't think they're going to care as much because they're not the big universe established that we've all read for 70 years uh valiant's been around a long time but there's still a very small company in comparison to the other ones uh, and the fan base is is strictly like comic fans at this point yeah um but you know again i'm, I'm excited to see this because like i'd be curious to know where where it could end up going what and if it will be successful um, but we should probably move on to our final story for the segment, and it is Star Wars, uh, Star Wars story, and it is uh, this is from um, ComingSoon.net where they had an exclusive one-on-one -on -one chat with Gary Whitta, the screenwriter who co-wrote the story of Rogue One, and he basically says that um, these interstitial movies between. Um, you know, the the episode movie, so you know, episode seven, eight, nine, after young Han Solo is not gonna rely on on legacy characters. You know, after a certain point. Be, yeah, after a certain point, it's I not mean, gonna be I, Go ahead. I, I think that we already kind of it's been heavily implied that there's gonna be a Boba Fett movie. Um but I, I think what he's he's saying is not that we're not going to see a relationship to to some of these legacy ideas, but that at some point we can't just keep doing that. It can't constantly be the the Skywalker clan. It can't constantly be Vader uh, showing up. It, it can't constantly be Jedi's and lightsabers because at some point or another that's going to you're going to lose interest in, in, in the same way I was talking about the matrix stuff earlier is like, there's an element to the matrix that you want to see. And then there's also a staleness to it because you've seen it. Uh, Star Wars. We're excited to see these things back because it, it is a, a huge amount of nostalgia um, for many generations, for multiple generations, because I saw them when I was a kid and then kids uh, years later saw the, the prequels and they were their Star Wars and then they got to discover the stuff that I watched. And now we've got the newer films and, and there's a whole new generation seeing that. So obviously it's not like none of that stuff can happen again, but should it only be that? And, and that's something I've talked about on here before is why would you limit yourself to one very small 
pocket of what is an infinite universe of ideas and characters and concepts and stories. Um, and that's what I found great about Rogue One is that there was this whole new slew of characters and this whole new concept to happen that, yeah, they they had cameos by a couple of the characters that we knew, by some actors that we knew and everything, but it was something different and it wasn't about them and it wasn't about uh, Luke or or even Leia. Um although she had her, her time in it. It wasn't about Vader. It wasn't about the legacy of Vader. It was something else that made sense in the context, but still got to be its own thing. And I think that that's, yeah. to me, that's so fascinating and and so much more intriguing as a fan. And I think for creators, it's intriguing too. That that's the expectation is that that's what we're going to start to see more of. And they had to kind of, hedge their bets in doing it. You know, it's like, well, will an audience buy into this? Will this be successful if we don't see lightsabers? And we didn't see one in in Rogue One until Vader showed up, you know, and it wasn't like we got a lightsaber battle. We got things that were kind of implied of like, oh, this guy might have been a Jedi or something, but he never pulled out a lightsaber. It it did something different and the audience still loved it. Yeah. No, I mean, and like, I, I agree with, with all this and yes, I, I did misspeak on um, the last, the last, the last question that was in the article was from coming Um, It would be cool to, or well, more of a statement. It would be cool to see something totally new without the baggage of should Vader do this or should Vader do that with, with Gary Widow responding. Yeah, I quite agree. I'm speaking purely as a fan. I obviously have no idea what their plans are for the franchise. I did my small piece of it, but it makes sense uh, to me that you don't want to keep telling the same stories over and over again. You want to tell new stories. And that's where, that's honestly what I think is going to happen. You're going to have this moment where either they're going to do one of two things where they do a Star Wars Legends story and start pulling stuff from the books that they've made in, you know, that, that are no longer considered Canon. Um, or it's going to be someone doing, you know, doing something that's in the universe, but doesn't involve, you know, maybe it, it might involve a tertiary character that would, that you might've seen in, in, you know, the background of, you know, the cantina or something like that, but not, well, here's the Skywalkers over here. And if you look carefully, you could see the Darth Vader or, or you know, anything like that. It's going to break. It needs to break away because after a while, it's just gonna, it, it will get boring. Yeah. It, it, and like you're saying about it, the Star Wars Legends, that's that's part of the thing, too, is that if there's stories that we've already seen or, or read as part of Legends or whatever, then then why do we just want to see that? redone again on the screen. I saw a lot of people uh, posting in relation to this article, like, well, I want to see uh, a Vader movie. And it's like, well, God damn, we've had six fucking Vader movies. Uh, or I want to see a young Obi-Wan movie. Well, we had three young Obi-Wan movies. Uh, and then we had the the Obi-Wan shows. Right. It, it's it, there's been a lot of these things. And I, I, I don't begrudge the idea of like, well, you and McGregor 
could do some really kick-ass shit as Obi-Wan that maybe they didn't utilize him well enough in the, the prequels. I don't, I don't have a huge problem with that, but I'm just like, but you're limiting your excitement to things that you've already experienced. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of, that's realistically, that's what Hollywood does and believes. And if the fans keep screaming for it, I, I can't put too much blame on them for the fact that that's the well they keep going back to because people want to keep reading the same books over and over. They want to keep seeing the same shows over and over. And and you just like dress it up slightly differently, but you keep giving them the same thing. And maybe that's true. Maybe that is what we're going to see. But I think that Rogue One allowed us to know that maybe we can get something more as well. And and that was like I said, it's still it was still a lot of safety net on that movie. Yeah. But I think that their hope and their expectation because they want to make these things forever. Disney does not look at this as a Skywalker franchise. Disney looks at this as the Star Wars franchise. And so they're going to try to expand this as far and wide as they can and just keep making money off of it. And and it Disney's not afraid to make new characters because Disney made yep. you care about fucking dolls and made you care about fucking bugs and made you care about fucking monsters and cars and shit. Disney has the capability of introducing new characters to you and getting you into it uh, in a way that you probably never would have expected to be. They can do a lot of crazy shit with Star Wars um, with the right people in place, and they they know how to pick good people. So I think I think that there's. There's going to be there should be no lowered expectations it's like anything you can imagine could probably fucking happen at this point and that's awesome yeah no definitely um and i'm gonna partially quote beat because on something here and it's, he puts you know disney disney cares about dolls except maybe for some female characters <laughs> where it's true in the old times i feel like they've you know gotten better with that or at least i hope they have gotten better with that um but yeah, I mean, it, it's only logical sense here. I mean, Gary Witta, where he is speaking for himself again, this is a logical choice. This isn't, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, like he's not necessarily t uh, talking out of turn here. But, you know, again, this is one of those only time will tell things. Um, But yeah, that is going to do it for the news. And we will be right back. If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com slash support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com slash support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. And we are back, and it is time for for the else views. This is a, where we talk about the different things that we have been watching, and me and Corey have both picked a TV show. Um, I will give quick plugs and mentions to things that you could go, um, you can go watch over on Amazon Prime. Um, Swiss Army Man and Mister Fantastic are freaking great movies. I, I have Swiss Army Man sitting up on my uh, 
on my Plex, and I haven't had a chance to watch it. But oh, it's so good! It is so good. The trailer, the trailer for it is so great in that it doesn't show too much to uh, spoil the movie. And then Swiss Army Man is, or not, or not Swiss Army Man, um, Captain Fantastic is such a heartwarming, along the same lines as Logan, if you look at the main plot of character growth for Logan, um, great father-children movie, like the relationship between the father and, ch- and children. Um. But we ain't going to talk about that. Oh, no, no, nay, nay. Um, we are going to talk about some TV shows. And, Corey, we're going to start with yours because I watched this, too. I really enjoyed this, this the first two episodes of the show. And it is Trial and Error. Um, this airs on C- on NBC in um, here in America on two tuesday nights at 10 p.m is when the series premiere or series premiere was and uh by all means this is yours uh, explain the show to people okay so uh i've been seeing advertisements for this it one of the things to start out with is that trial and error it it is a story about a guy whose wife is murdered and he is accused of being the killer. He insists that he is innocent, but he's not very convincing. Uh, <laughs> and um, and everybody in the town kind of decides, now this guy did it. And he gets a lawyer from out of state to come to defend him, uh, teams up with some people in town, the important thing to realize first off is that the guy that we're talking about, the the person who who supposedly murdered his wife, allegedly, allegedly uh, murdered his wife, is John Lithgow. And yeah. how fucking lucky are we to get John Lithgow back to TV? Uh, just just in general, to get John Lithgow doing anything is is fantastic. Uh, he's one of those just tremendous character actors. Uh, a lot of people remember him from uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, going backwards, you can see him in things like, which is funny to me because his, his character in this is named Larry Henderson. Uh, he was in Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, I was kind of curious if Larry was the name of the guy from that, but that it was not the character's name. Um, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, the world according to Garp, like John Lithgow is a fucking legend and a deserved legend. Uh, so just seeing him in the commercials is enough to make me watch this. Then I started getting people saying it's kind of like Parks and Rec, um, but with a murder mystery. And that's a huge selling point too. Now Parks and Rec, I didn't like the first season. And I think they had to retool after the first season because one, it was a little too much like The Office, and two, the characters just weren't developed enough. Uh, but yeah. when it found its way, it really found it well. This, I think, is is got a little bit of that too. It's like it's introduced a couple of characters, and they're they're very quirky. They're all quirky characters. Um, some of the quirks are great. Uh, Sherry Shepard is in this, and she is a woman who has like <laughs> every kind of fucking weird thing that you could imagine 
she's got it she Rare can't disease. recognize yeah she can't recognize people's faces she just sees a blank space uh sometimes when she sees something beautiful like a painting she'll just faint dead away um <laughs> but my wife loved her character so much um she it, the second episode she's like this is a keeper this this is our show now um <clears throat> the the guy playing the attorney is is very good he he's when he's talking to the camera he's got the same kind of attitude as rob Rolo's, rob Lowe's character from parks and rec um yeah but you can tell that it's sort of the 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 brave face that he's putting on and he he's not quite as clean as he as he acts um uh jim amaze from yeah. lee so so here, I'm, I'm gonna put out here the guy you're talking about is nicholas uh diagosto and then jim amaze is who you're going to mention but it also stars uh stephen boyer uh, Krista Rodriguez, and this is weird. On the Amazon, the one we'll link you to is our the Amazon um, link for it, but it lists Sherry Shepard and John Lithgow as supporting actors. Right. It, they they uh, all the other people get their introductions, and then it says and featuring Sherry Shepard, and then and John Lithgow. Uh, they they get the final credits and the opening credits. But but continue. It's just it's a lot of fun. It's weird. In 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 the ways that you kind of have to wait and see how they develop some of these characters a little bit more. Uh, it's only been two episodes so far, and I think they did an hour the the premiere night. Yep. Uh, so they kind of go hand in hand with each other. It has the right amount of sweetness. Uh, you'll find out in the second episode, John Lithgow's character keeps talking about how he wants this key for his skates. Uh, he he doesn't roller skate. He <clears throat> roller sizes. <laughs> so he does an exercise routine with his skates <clears throat> and and he pays more attention to this key than he does to the fact that his wife was killed uh or also that his first wife we find out was killed uh in the same manner it it just it hits the right notes for if you've missed the office if you've missed parks and rec this will appeal to you uh if you just like anything with john lithgow which you should this will appeal to you. Uh, Sherry Shepard is great in this. I had first seen her on, uh, I think it was Less Than Perfect yeah. uh, with Sarah Rue years ago. I loved that show. I think I from Chuck on it. Um, I think the cast and everything comes together really well. It's very funny. I don't know how far they can go with the murder mystery thing. I have suspicions of how the season can finish up and then how they can bring it back, but we'll we'll see. But it it's so far it's a lot of fun. No, yeah, yeah. This is the what I will say about this. I I agree with you on a lot of the things. I love the show. Um, I love I love seeing this. How they refer to uh, the main character, the the defend the, the the defendant lawyer, as a a northeasterner, and I'm using quotes on that as. At, that you figure out the quick, very quickly in the beginning as a code name for Jewish. Yep. Um, and he goes, oh, I'm going to use that to my, to my advantage. It just, but I do, I do agree with you. I think the big setback to the show is it is a, it seems to be a one season premise. I mean, like, like I, I like hearing, you know, cause I've seen the commercials because 
boy, howdy, have they been playing commercials about this show. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned is that that John Lithgow says is that he, he loves the show so much because even the cast doesn't know if he's innocent or guilty. Right. And all that. And and I I like that from this this theatrical standpoint of if they knew you could see them almost playing a little bit like, oh my character always knew sort of deal. So instead this is it's set up to make a not a mockery but um if you're watching the video you saw you saw the image behind me where it said on making a murderer um and all that you know playing on the the real crime um you know serials making a murderer uh things that have come to be popular in recent history and just really turning it on its head and i it's I also thoroughly... a bit like gone girl which was yeah. very popular about a year ago with the film with Affleck, uh, poor Affleck. And it it just, I think it hits the right notes at the right time for what it's supposed to be spoofing. But it's also, it's a, it's a tremendous cast and it's, it's fun writing. And I think it, the title is, is open enough that it doesn't have to continuously be about this murder trial. It's called Trial and Error, which should just be about the, the guy continuing to be a lawyer in this small town after that and working with yeah. his team uh to to help him with cases and stuff there's there's a lot that they can do so i'm not worried about it being able to continue it's just how do they get to continue it with john lithgow because john lithgow i think is priceless and yeah you would never want to lose him from this show <laughs> no, definitely um and again i'm not sure if it's going to stay on to i think it is going to stay on tuesdays but it will be on Tuesdays on NBC. Um, probably, I think taking the This Is Us time slot now that its season has ended, which again I recommend it wholeheartedly. Um, my else, my else view this week. I almost wanted to say nerding out is Top Gear. Now I mentioned this earlier um, in our Slack, Ed Corey. You're like, didn't you just talk about this? And we might be hitting a problem here with over saturation of the car magazine show because we have the grand tour with jeremy clarkson and richard hammond and james may and now we have series 24 of top gear of the new top gear with the new hosts uh matt leblanc chris harris and uh rory reed and you might think like I, I see why you say you say like seems like I've you, I talked about this recently because last time I talked about this was on with the episode where we had Tom Merritt. I had mentioned you know I can't wait for the new season or sorry series to come out. Um, and boy howdy am I so glad that this is out. Um, they've retooled it to where um, Matt LeBlanc, Chris Harris, and Rory Reed are the new they're the new boys they're the trio um in here and it works so well there is enough banter between the three of them but yet it you could tell that they are having fun doing this not well it's a job and a little bit like it, it tends to get with with clarkson may and hammond um 
but you could tell that it's almost like three friends um yeah who might have met at work at, you know working on this show just chatting about cars and having a good time well is it like they're always stuck in second gear <laughs> uh, um hold on I think that's what you were looking for, right? <laughs> yeah, I figured you made the friends reference. There was just no fucking way I was gonna let that go with lip lock. I did that it. inadvertently. I did that so inadvertently. I did not mean to make a friends reference. And I think they do make a friends reference in the first episode. But um they they did tweak some things to the show. I love this new set. Um this is this is the uh the BBC breaking away from uh, from the original trio of Top Gear by with this set. Um, you know, there, there's a lot more light. It's in there, but it's not like, you know, white clean room. It's just like they got cars up here, like like almost like just decoration and stuff like that. And it's cool to see. Um, they've quit doing the, which they didn't do it last or. I think they did it last season, but the some say you know, for, about the Stig, it's just here's the Stig, and the other cool thing is that they changed is the star in a reasonably priced car last year or last season had got changed to um, star in a rally car. This year, it's star in a reasonably fast car, um, and so they're on the original test track. You know, there's no mud hills or anything like that. But they're driving this almost race car. Like, you know, I could see it in like a stock, you know, a stock, stock or super stock competition um, car. And I'm blanking on the name of it. But the other cool part is they bring the guest in. Like, the first episode was James McAvoy. This past week's episode was David Tennant. And they're talking to them between, you know, after the, the first part of the film, like, it might be a, uh, um, like usually it's been a car review, but or whatever. Then they'll come, they'll introduce the guest, talk about their cars, talk about different things, and then another part, come back, talk about the lap and all that stuff. You know, get more down to the business of you know why they're there, and then finish up the film that they had started before. Um, after you know seeing the lap, and it's so good. Um. The other part that I will mention is um, with Top Gear comes Extra Gear, um, the channel th or the BBC Three uh, exclusive, and what and they kept that going, and what that is here is they have a new host in there, and they're still giving behind the scenes stuff, and I love these behind the scenes stuff. They were showing uh, some of the quote or some of the times that other the other contestants had put in the for the reasonably fast car and seeing this car i want to go over and do the lap in that car one to have chris harris teach me how to drive the car and then how to drive a stick shift but because that car looks so fast and david Tennant already dinged it <laughs> <laughs> But no, this is one of the things that they showed is it is so easy to spin this car. And, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of Tenet's Doctor Who, but I don't remember him being a very careful driver in the fucking TARDIS either. So I think I'm <laughs> banging around all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, 
the one thing I didn't check, like I honestly forgot to check, was if it's available on BBC America now. But I do know it is available in um it's on Sunday nights at uh nine, I believe, nine or ten um in the UK. But oh hey, yeah, it is here Sundays at eight on BBC America, so it's like boom boom. So we are all good there. But yeah, and it's just good. This is what last season should have been in, in all yeah honesty. but do you feel like maybe last season was almost played out to be like a palate cleanser of okay everybody expects the new top gear to suck uh because we lost all the original hosts so we're just gonna let it suck and then you guys will be so grateful when it comes back the season after that and it's improved well i think what it was last year and, like, and you could see that i could see that very well but what I think it was with last year, um, it was it was them not having the right hosts together. Like, I do think it was a mistake to get um, Chris Evans, not Cap America, host of on the radio over in England. Chris Evans, uh, host of the former show TGI Fridays, I think is what it was. Um, I th- it was him coming in and him putting him doing his radio personality and all that. That's what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way was that he, it didn't work for the show. And a lot, some of the things that they did, it seemed like they were trying to force a connection, but in that with, with this, with this new, um, I saw the connection instantly with Extra Gear last year because that was Rory, Rory Reed and Chris Harris doing that. Um, and I didn't see, I don't think they really interacted with uh, Matt LeBlanc in, 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 on the stage for Top Gear. Like there was a little bit, like I think there's like one scene with Chris Harris and that worked really well. But the other parts... You know, in some of the films, you I could see that connection there starting too, and that's where when it ended that season, and I saw Chris or I saw that Chris Harris was leaving. Like, they don't need to cast anyone else. They have their three guys, and I I put it. I'm like boom, 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 and I called it. I am celebrating my called shot right there, because I said, um, I said you know that it's going to be Rory Reed, Chris Harris, and uh, Matt LeBlanc hosting this and sure enough it is now could they bring in the other two that were in there um that I think is uh Eddie George and uh Sabine Schmidt yeah I don't see why not but they don't need necessarily need to but yeah I mean honestly here <laughs> check out top here it airs here um, in America on Sundays at, at 8 p.m. And you can find it, you know, over all over the world. And that is the end of Elsa Views. We will be right back. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, 
and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen. Find out more and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are back, and it is time for the Else Words. This is our main discussion point for the evening. And for longtime listeners and viewers, you might remember I used to do a segment that I took from Mike McCormick. I believe how you say his last name, um, called Starts and Stops. Well, I'm going to talk about the cancellations and stuff that have happened because there have been quite a few, quite a bit of them. Um, and I'm going to break them down into the five main American networks here. So NBC, Fox, CW, CBS, and ABC in that order. Um, we will have the link to where you could go to see all the stuff that I'm, I'm talking about. But right now... Uh, looks like NBC does not have any show canceled. Um, Superstore, The Good Place, and This Is Us have all been renewed, and Grimm is in its final season. And I'm not seeing any show on here that is really looks like it's in a bad spot to get canceled. You know, there are a few shows that it, like it could go either way, but and these are all shows I should point out that have aired or have at least started airing um, that they're talking about. There's no, like if they're like um, trial and error is not on here because they just started. This would be on, they probably started with the next week um, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. We should uh, probably see numbers for them by the time the second night airs. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, and Corey, by all means, if you've got any show you want to point out here, just say, say the word and I will. It, I'm, it's funny to me because just looking at the list of NBC shows, there are shows that I forgot even existed uh, that I'm surprised as hell are are not canceled because I don't hear anybody talk about Emerald City or the Blacklist Redemption, which is the spinoff of the Blacklist. It, yeah. <clears throat> Emerald City, I did not realize was written by Kelly Sudeikonik. Uh I think I knew that initially when it was announced but it's one of those things that i had forgotten about as it went along but you know you're not wrong because the good place i thought was and this is again going purely from the i've done you know i used to do this on before we you know before i decided to drop the segment well of starts and stops but i thought the good place got canceled yeah i saw it go away and like all right, I like that show. Oh, well, but then see this, I'm like, oh, great. It's and I think of, it's one of the three yeah. shows to be renewed so far. Um, now, that's that's kind of the thing with NBC, though, is what we're talking about here is at best, most of their shows that haven't been listed as renewed yet are are doing OK, likely to be renewed, but they're not sure bets. Uh, yeah. nothing is a sure thing and almost everything else is just kind of like it go, it could go either way and it's almost a tribute to the mediocrity of NBC right now 
because it it doesn't take much to it's like oh well it's not bleeding viewers it's just not lighting the sky up with with high ratings or anything either um <laughs> I, I i just i can't think of a single nbc show that i hear people rave about i i hear more about shades of blue lately um yeah. which is surprising to me because i i wrote it off when i first saw the advertisements for it for the first season uh that said we we had a, a friend on on the show who's who's actually on shades of blue on the podcast of terror uh but i just i looked at it and i thought oh well it's ray Liotta and j-lo and i just I wasn't really impressed with the premise, but it seems like it's it's actually it's done better than what I expected it to. And just because I'm not big on those actors doesn't mean it's not a good show. Uh, And NBC with the the blacklist and blind spot, you know, two shows that I watched for a while and then got burnt out on really fast. They're just it's not my kind of programming. But it it's doing what it needs to 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 remain relevant and remain on the air. So good for them. It's just, man, that's, that's a lot of things that nothing is assured a place other than the three things that have been renewed. And I assume that's because they were kind of like cheap, uh, superstore. Well, they, they own all three of them. Yeah. And this is so, us is, it's definitely, uh, that's another one that I'm hearing a lot of people talk about. Uh, that is, is really good. I, I, I've I, heard a lot of people go on about it. Um, I will say this right now because I, I, for some reason I like to think of things as replacements for other things. This is the parenthood replacement. Yeah, this that's is, exactly what it is. Yeah. That's what I saw it as when it started. I think that's what you called it out as when it was announced essentially or, or when you revert, reviewed the first episode. Yeah. Uh, but parenthood was, if you recall, was on the cusp for most of its time being yeah. on the air, certainly for the first couple of seasons. I remember Glenn and you really pitching it hard on on uh, what we're watching weekly. So it, it's good that This Is Us has caught on in a way that Parenthood didn't, at least initially. Yeah. But yeah, so the next one is Fox and Fox has so far only one show that is leaving um, or that it does not say it's got canceled. It's fine. It's in its final season. That's Bones. But there are five shows that are in risk of being gone, um, all of which they own. Um, Scream Queens, Rosewood, Exorcist, and Sleepy Hollow. Um, sorry, did I say five? That's four. Um, math is fun. <laughs> but Well, those are the ones that are only... likely to be um, yes. extinguished. And I, yeah, I tried with- Sleepy Hollow, like when it came back this season and it's a whole new direction. He's got a different partner uh, and I think he cut his hair and shit. And I watched one episode and I'm like, this feels like a TNT show, like the librarians uh, or Leverage. And I loved Leverage. Don't get me wrong. It just it didn't feel like it was at the quality of what Fox has for what they would like to have on their station. Yeah, it, it was just it was sort of it was really cheesy, um, but it almost became like a, a weird like crime fighting show that was very different from the premise of where it started. 
I, I did not hate it. That's the thing is I watch it. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of neat. You know, I could I could see why people would like this, but I, I just I worry that it's too little too late for it. Um, it and it's just it's hard to save a show when it's already got an audience that has become yeah. so apathetic. Yeah. Um, and then the shows that have been renewed, um, Lucifer, Star, The Mick, Lethal Weapon, Empire, Bob's Burgers, and The Simpsons. All of those shows, basically Lucifer and Lethal Weapon are the only two that they do not own themselves. And the other shows that are on their look are either could go either way or are, are likely to be renewed. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen, you know, family guy be renewed um but you know who knows family guy it's Um, it's pretty much up to the production company at this point if they want to continue doing it yeah the next show which i don't blame if they why would they stop they they don't seem like they're trying (laughs) (laughs) true 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 um the next network is one that you know I watch a lot of their shows and it's the CW. Now CW, this is actually interesting. It's with everything that is aired. And this is why I say this because we still have to see from iZombie. Um, and then there's a few other shows that are coming out, you know, mid season, but the vampire diaries, um, the originals is the other one that I'm thinking of um, vampire diaries and rain are in their final seasons. Um, actually, I think vampire diaries ends on the 17th if i remember correctly um or just ended but crazy ex-girlfriend the 100 riverdale legends of tomorrow arrow supernatural jane the virgin supergirl and flash have all been renewed the only two shows that are like up in the air and it's leaning more um it's leaning more towards the canceled side than the renewed side are frequency and no tomorrow now, B is asking a good question that I will throw to view uh, to listeners because I do not watch the 100. And he asks, uh, "The 100 is getting is getting close to or is is close to getting done, right? Like they're almost done with their story." I have no idea. They changed things up from their uh, basic premise just to keep the show alive or well not alive but you know able to tell other things from what i've heard and i only know of that show from previews from seeing it on commercials while i'm watching arrow or flash or whatever um looking at the the actual ratings for the the shows on the network it's what's interesting is that the vampire diaries and rain were already in their final seasons it was already something that was known that they were ending uh, but Rain has a 0.2 uh, rating in the 18 to 49 category. Yep. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which has been renewed, has the same rating, a 0.2. That's actually lower than the two shows that are possibly going to get canceled, which is a 0.28 for Frequency and No Tomorrow. But one of the things that I, I've seen is that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend seems to be doing pretty well on Netflix. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of, of people that I know a lot of them through the communities for either my favorite murder or the slumber party podcasts uh, <clears throat> that are just discovering crazy ex-girlfriend are really into it. And of course, uh, Rachel Bloom, I believe won an Emmy in the first season yep. for crazy ex-girlfriend. It is a great show. Uh, I 
fell off of watching it. Uh, it was just it was in the midst of too many other shows that I was watching. Uh, but I do plan on getting back to it. And I am not criticizing quality at all. It is terrific. She is fantastic. No. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because those are the lowest ratings um, compared to shows that might get canceled that are slightly higher. Now, and everything else is at a 0.37 for Jane the Virgin, which, again, has a very uh, dedicated audience, if not a huge audience. But after the 0.37, everything else goes on up from their 0.4. Uh, to 0.67 to the highest being the flash which is a 1.1 the flash is the only one that breaks past that decimal point to get a whole number um but most of the the cw shows are relatively high 0.79 for supergirl 0.67 for legends of tomorrow and arrow is uh 0.68 just above legends of tomorrow so it's interesting that supergirl is beating arrow and legends of tomorrow yeah, and I will add with um, the whole, I think what will help, you know, Frequency and No Tomorrow, and I think why their their fate leads into, or is still undetermined, even though they are higher, higher ratings for the 18 to 49 demographic than Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, is like you said with that Netflix thing. Um, don't forget, CW has the deal with Netflix where... Um, which is how I finished the season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I was like, I didn't realize it started airing the beginning of January, the beginning of the year. And like, because they did no advertisements during any of the superhero shows. I'd seen advertisements for Jane the Virgin, for, you know, Frequency, No Tomorrow, um, you know, Supernatural, for all these other shows. Did not see one ad for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It was only until I like I saw the thing on the on demand. I saw the I'm like wait wait huh, crazy ex- is this a joke? And I click. I'm like episodes shit. Start watching them, and then I took a break because like you, there was other things going in there, and I saw on Netflix watch the last watch two of them again. But so I'm like continue to watch because it's it's great songs and stuff, and including one that got super meta. There's a song in here that is so, it's so funny because of, of its meta-ness. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I'm gonna I'm teasing you with that on. But it but, it, so, it does if you look at the numbers, the superhero shows are the highest rated shows for the network. Yep. Uh the next closest thing to them is Supernatural, uh, which is very close, but still it's all superhero shows. You can see why they're doing things like expanding and having um black lightning come out next season yep. uh presumably and is this that is that will be thing. the next follow-up yeah and this is the other thing i think that is interesting for all of the network tv we're seeing shorter almost the british style of television series it's like pretty like i i this is a prediction for me i would think in probably four years or so we will ha- we will have more half season shows, you know, like a a fall show and then a spring show of different things on network television than we will the twenty four episode, you know, store uh, shows. It certainly makes sense like for stuff that's so genre heavy, which yep. a lot of the CW shows are. They lean they lean towards the the genre. 
audience to not push a 22, 24 episode season uh, because something that Beat was saying is that the last couple of weeks on the, the CW superhero shows have been slightly torturous, I guess. And it's probably because they're the filler episodes. They're the things it's like, well, we know the big bad at this point. We know what what we're trying to get to for the end point, but we've got these extra episodes we have to fill uh, before we can get there. And those filler episodes just destroy momentum for the show. So a a 10 episode season versus a 20 episode season just feels tighter and feels like a more complete story. Even if you did something like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does, where they split their seasons into arcs, um, yeah. or if you go in the way of uh, the USA shows where they do a summer season and a, a winter season and just like have them broken apart or uh, Walking Dead. Yep. It's something like that, I think, is more interesting for this style of programming. You can fill 20 something episodes of The Big Bang Theory uh, because there's not a lot of growth in between the seasons uh it, it it's not like you're you're trying to get a storyline passed all the way along the the closest we have to that is amy living with sheldon or bernadette and howard raising their kid but a show where you're trying to like promote the idea of a villain and and the the counterpoint to the characters and barry and iris and all this the other stuff that is a little different that makes it harder to go for so long because people will lose interest or they'll just get frustrated. It's like, I no longer give a shit about who Savitar is. The fuck is going on with Barry and, and why can't he just get his head out of his ass? Uh, isn't he done looking up there? there? Uh, he's very fast, right? So <laughs> it, it just like, shit and get off the pot. Shouldn't take this long. You're the fastest man alive. Oh wait, you're not because now there's a whole bunch of you. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that you're right. I think the benefits we're starting to see them, especially from original programming from things like Netflix and stuff where they can just say, we don't have to fill a whole season because it's not like the people who, who watch all of stranger things in a row one night, aren't going to watch another show or a bunch of movies the next night with us. We're still going to be okay. Um, so the, the, TV networks are slow at picking up on this, but I think you're right. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the next network is sort of keeping it in the family with CW. Um, it's CBS, and they only have two cancellations. And if we go by the numbers that are put, put here in the 18 to 49 rating, elementary should be gone because I'll put it to you this way. And, and I can see, and I could see, you know, Glenn going. And making the argument now as if we were this was what else is on. Um Pure Genius and Doubt both had in the 18 to 49 rating um an 8.5 or a 0.85 and a 0.7 respectively. Elementary is at a 0.67. That is less than both of them. And doubt is also owned by CBS. So I was in Michigan. I was in Michigan. I was watching TV with my dad and and his family uh, before I, I left to, to drive back to to Three River Three Rivers where my uh, mom was, and we had watched Major Crimes, which I think was in syndication or something, 
And then elementary, which was in syndication. And I had to sit there and think for a good long while, is elementary still in the air? Like I could not remember if it had continued this season (laughs) or if it had been canceled. I had no recollection of if that show still existed. I can't tell you the last time I saw a commercial for it. Now, I don't watch a lot of of CBS uh, drama programming anymore, but I still constantly seem to see uh, commercials for uh, Scorpion when I'm when I catch Big Bang or whatever. But I really had no recollection of Elementary had had gone away, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Um. So everything else is looking okay. Um. Where we get into the well, it's weird that and and this is sad. Bubble? Uh, Training Day has has a like really likely to get canceled but that may not be because of the ratings as much because it's rated higher than elementary uh, it's probably because yeah. the, the lead actor died wait who's the lead actor uh wasn't training day the one with um oh crap yeah yeah um uh bill Pullman, paxton right? bill paxton um, hey, you did the Pullman yeah. thing, yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So training day, I could see, you know, sadly, I could see that being getting canceled for that uh, that regard. Um, but then Code Black, The Odd Couple, which again, The Odd Couple is one that I thought they did pull it because it ended just like unexpectedly. Like, hey, there's no more shows. But I saw um, commercials for it again. Like, it it seems like as um. Two Broke Girls was coming back is that's when they were yeah. bringing back the odd couple as well. Like they had yeah. their, their season and then their return. Uh, I will say this with for the odd couple. If you watch any episode, watch the tribute to Gary Marshall. It was so good. Just with how they do it and very, very well done. Um, Ransom, which airs on Saturday, I never heard of that show, is close to being uh, done. And then Criminal Minds. And then the only show, and I mean only show, to be renewed as of this um, is NCIS. That is the only one that they have. Um, You know, there's a lot of the others. When you're saying Criminal Minds being uh, like on the, the bubble of closer to being canceled, that's Criminal Minds Beyond, yeah, Borders, Beyond Borders, yes. The the second spinoff of Criminal Criminal Minds, because they had the one that had Forrest Whitaker uh, a few years ago, um, and that one made one season. So if this one, if I don't remember if this is the one that has Gary Sinise, it is. It is. He's actually on the TV, on the screen behind me for the view uh, video viewers. Um, but yeah. yeah, so this would be two different times they've tried to have a second Criminal Minds. They've tried to turn that into a franchise, and it's not worked out. So maybe stop diluting your your shows at this point, CBS. Uh, we saw what happened with CSI. It caused the deterioration of the shows. And, uh, oh, yeah, remember CSI Cyber? Neither does anybody fucking else, okay? Uh, except for Dawson. It's it's time to start <laughs> thinking that you can well. you can you can back the fuck up 
and and have a show that's uh, that's a good hit and let that show be a hit but don't make it into five fucking shows it's stupid it's wrong and people don't care about it anymore thank you have a good day so on to abc um <laughs> where um they have they themselves have two shows that have gotten canceled um one that makes me go maybe it took a misstep um notorious and conviction bring back agent carter bitches um have gotten canceled the one that i will point out that is interesting to me is in the comedies um dr ken is right there like right in the middle as could be renewed could be canceled the real o'neill's right below it higher ratings in the 18 to 49 ratings all, all this according to you know tv by the numbers and yet it is more likely to be canceled well the um, real o'neill's is in a sweeter spot dr ken follows yeah. up last man standing on friday nights and i think that the friday night spot while it's it used to house a lot of like beloved stuff now it's like they could just do two episodes of last man standing in a row and people would probably yeah. be happier than watching Dr. Ken afterwards uh, versus the real O'Neill's is in that, that middle of the, the prime comedies during the week that ABC's done either between, I don't even know where it lands anymore. If it's on the night with the middle it's, or if it's on the night with modern family. Uh, it's, um, <clears throat> oh, wait, actually, how did you get that right? Um, no, it is on Tuesdays. It is on um, at nine 30 um, just before agents of shield. So what comes before it? Um. Uh, fresh off the boat. Okay. So it and goes, fresh off the boat has has a a one point two three rating. Yeah. And the real O'Neill's is a point nine three. So that's a problem. Is fresh off the boat is is pretty strong, uh, and is likely to be renewed. Uh, the real O'Neill's is is under a point one at the point yeah. nine three, and then Agents of Shield at 10 o'clock has a lower expectation and I think gets better ratings from the, the replays later on, yeah. but yeah. is at a 0.75 and is more likely to get renewed than, than real O'Neill's is. So I think, and also they either doing, think that the, go ahead. And it also is doing that smart reasoning for a 22 or 24 episode season with doing these sub seasons in there. Like we right. had Ghost Rider for up until the holidays, and then it was LMD, and then the next one is high is like this Agents bizarre of world. Agents yeah. of Hydra thing. Um <clears throat> yeah. yeah, so it it I think that that's the thing is that ABC's comedies have done very strong numbers for them. Yep. So that a show like The Real O'Neill's which is on its its second season already needs to perform better. Uh, the expectation yeah. is higher for something like that than it is for certain other things. And that's, which that's too is, bad because it's a cute show. Yeah. And I will say the season, season finale that happened Tuesday was good. It was a great, actually I will say great. It is, it was a great season, uh, season finale for them, you know, ended on such a good note and set them up for a potentially great 
you know, good season three. Um, the other show that is missing on the Tuesday night that we didn't, I didn't mention. Um, so it goes middle American housewife, um, fresh off the boat. And then the real O'Neill's and the other comedies are on Wednesdays. So it, it'd go Goldberg speechless, modern family, then blackish. Um, all of those have not, none of them shows have get, been guaranteed a renew except for the middle on the renewed side. It's how, I'm, uh, how to get away with murder. Um, the middle scandal and then Grey's anatomy. So the, TGIT shows and then the middle um, have all been renewed. Yeah, and I think the middle I thought that this was it was either this season or last season was going to be the last season and Axel had actually, the kid who plays Axel was trying to sign on to another show and then they wound up renewing it at the last second. Um, I don't know how much longer the middle can or should go on it, it almost feels like they've written it in a way that it should be finishing but yes again it's a sitcom it's really easy to work your way around those things again and it's it does stronger numbers and it's getting its syndication now you're seeing it in reruns in the afternoons uh so it's doing good money for them it is a wholesome programming kind of of wrecked into that that like people who don't get to watch a lot of TV. This is the kind of show that they'll watch with their family uh, program. So it seems very likely. But then you look at the other shows that are the other comedies. Uh, Speechless is doing, out of the the ratings, very, very likely to be renewed. Uh, the Goldbergs, very, very likely to be renewed. Modern Family, Blackish, uh, all very high likelihoods. So... Yeah, I don't think that it's a matter of these things aren't going to come back. It's just they haven't made those those pitches yet, and they don't have to be in a hurry to because they can negotiate con- contracts and stuff. Yes, but but that is gonna do it here for us. Um, so the the we're gonna do our closing stuff here. You can contact us, leave us a voicemail, let us know your favorite show that it w- that we we may have mentioned here. Um, you could do that by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or emailing us mail at elsnerds.com. I read every single one of them, including while I'm at work. Now that I put put it on my Gmail app. <laughs> and all subscription options and links can be found under Galactic Netcast's uh, website at gncast.com slash subscribe. Um, go to our Facebook page. Um over at Galactic Netcasts at facebook.com slash Galactic Netcasts. And you could follow um, follow us all on Twitter. You know, we got the Elsnerds at Elsnerds uh, Twitter at Galactic Netcasts. Beatmaster is at Beatmaster80. Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. You can find me at that Gregor or on Instagram at that.gregor um, because someone had that Gregor another person had Gregor. Bitches. Um, <laughs> Corey, where can people find you? Uh, you can find the comics that I help publish at donascomics.com. That is where I try to put forth the works of Levi Krauss because I like his comics and I think you might like his comics too. So come check them out. I just sort of realized I've been doing exactly what your website says not to do. I've been asking all this time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then the final thing to be said is this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you guys next time. Or else I'll probably still be sick. Bum, bum, bum.
This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.